Welcome back to another episode of Top Comp Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Tommaso. I have another guest today. His name is David Immel. He is a journalist, photographer, content creator, YouTuber, videographer. Uh, he probably hates all of those labels. He'll probably just say that he makes stuff. Uh, he's a wonderful human being. We have connected previously online, and this is the first time we've actually ever chatted in person. Uh, he was supposed to come to Canada uh, fairly soon, but unfortunately with everything that's happening, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, so hopefully we do get to meet in person at some point because we definitely connected on this episode and I think we'd be really good friends in real life. Uh, this episode kind of goes all over the map as per usual. Uh, we talk about everything from what we're into, what we're not into, uh, a bit of David's backstory. Uh, we also talk about the new iPad Pro a little bit, if that's something you're interested. Uh, but most of all, we talk about just what's been going on now and how creatives are dealing with this uh, new world that we're living in currently. It kind of turned into a therapy session, which uh, it could be beneficial for you to listen to as well. I think it's good just to vent during times like this. And that's ultimately what ended up happening. We kind of just had a virtual virtual therapy session with a virtual hug at the end. Uh, without further ado, though, I hope you enjoy this conversation with the one and only David Immel. This is episode 49 of TopCon Podcast. Enjoy. <laughs> Okay, we are on. David, how are you, man? Hey, uh, doing as good as I can. Quarantining yeah. myself uh, as much as I can. Luckily, my studio is like a five-minute walk from my apartment, so unless they completely lock me in my apartment, then I should be able to keep working. <laughs> so absolutely. And how's that been? Are you um, like because for the audience who doesn't know, and I, I have done a little bit of an intro on you, like a lot of I think like you're kind of like me, where some stuff and hopefully most stuff, uh, to, at least to keep an income coming, we can do from home. Has that been okay for you guys or is it slowing down quite a bit? Yeah, I mean, I've worked from home like my, not my entire life, uh, <laughs> since I've been doing this job. <laughs> I mean, I have always been a hermit too, so it's not it's not too far out of a field for me right now. <laughs> well, yeah, so I mean, for, for almost three years, I was working just around the world, uh, just traveling full time and working from coffee shops in different, in different countries. Um, so I'm really, really used to just like accommodating to my environment. And uh, honestly, like most of my work I can do from pretty much anywhere as long as I can find good lighting. So that's the yeah, biggest absolutely. thing. Yeah. And so so for people that don't know, would like what would you call yourself as someone? I mean, I hate answering this question too. So I, <laughs> I feel you I feel you on this one. But it's like when someone's like, What do you do for a living? Like, do you do you like for me, I I I, I used to gravitate towards you as a writer, but now I see you more as just like an all-around content creator, photographer, um, especially in the whole smartphone world of tech and stuff. You've really taken off in the last little while of just like one of the best photographers out there. Um, for devices, which I think is a really cool niche and also just like awesome for what you do as a writer as well. Yeah, well, thank you. Appreciate that. Um, no yeah, I mean, I have always kind of strived to be a journalist and a reporter first. Um, and then it kind of just transitioned to doing a lot of video, a lot of photography. Mm -hmm. It like, I never really anticipated doing like any YouTube stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Like years ago, I mean, I used to be an engineer. I worked at Intel for a couple of years and then I hated that because it was crappy and there was a lot of red tape and, and BS. And then it. just started doing freelance like writing and and like field reporting on the side. Like the field reporting is what I really enjoy, like going to events and covering yeah. events and doing hands-ons and like getting hands-on with stuff. Um, and it just kind of evolved. I've, I've 
told this story a few times. Uh, usually it's on like Fujifilm related podcasts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just because they're always wondering like how people get started in that. Um, but I mean, it was actually if we're gonna if we're gonna get a little maybe off. No, go for it. Go. Here. We can go anywhere with this wants to go. Yeah. Okay. Well, CES 2017. I was covering it as just a writer, and the Panasonic GH5 got announced there. My favorite and, camera. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, back then I was like an extremely heavy specs person, right? Because I used to yeah, like build sure. computers, and I uh, paid my way through college by building computers for all the art students, um, and. So I bought one, even though I didn't know anything about cameras whatsoever, like literally yeah. at anything, because it was like, you know, 4K 60 and 10 bit and like all these things that I knew were kind of unprecedented for the time. Absolutely. Uh, but I got it and I was like this, I don't know, I couldn't really i i didn't like it <laughs> and i know yeah. that it's your favorite camera yeah, yeah, no i totally um, get it. some people hate it no i totally understand i think if i used it again now i would like it but for someone who had never picked up a camera before i was just overwhelmed oh yeah absolutely it's it's definitely a beast of a camera for sure yeah like se- so many settings and all these things and and i went on instagram and i looked up like what are all my favorite photographers shooting with and yeah weirdly like 80 percent of them were fuji shooters and i had no idea yeah yeah um and this was in 2017 which is like <laughs> even yeah, fewer that, people that, were shooting no, fuji totally. then. That's, that's like early early hipster fuji and fuji's already hipster as it is yeah <laughs> no, yeah yeah so so the xt2 had like just come out um and so i bought an xt20 because i thought it was gonna be a good like entry way to get into the system and it was i loved it uh, and you have an XT20, right? Or do you, you I, have an XT20 I had an XT20. I got. I sold the XT20, but now I have an XT3 and the, uh, okay, yeah. the original X100. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that just like led me down this like very fast-paced, dark road of both photography and YouTube. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, I joined these like photography groups in San Francisco when I was living there, and we would go around like practicing all these like portraits and landscapes and all this kind of stuff. And I, I guess eventually just started working that into product photography. Like yeah. if you're, if you're going to take a photo of a product, you might as well treat it as a portrait, right? Absolutely. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. Did you find that like, cause you were kind of going at it journalist first, was it the outlets that were pushing you to, they wanted you to do everything or did you see a need in the market to kind of be jack of all trades? Um, it was kind of the outlets in a way. Yeah, it, it is actually really interesting now that I think about it. Uh, because, I mean, I started as a writer and moved over to be a vid- like a video person and a photographer. But yeah. I don't think that most people do that. Um, no, for sure, yeah. And for me, it's it's beneficial because like I love traveling. And so being being able to do video and photography and like, that's what you need to travel to a place for. Like you can write from anywhere. Right. Absolutely. Um, but being able to do all of them together, I don't know. Part, part of that I think just works into my personality a little bit. I like owning everything that I do. (laughs) Totally. Um, Totally. That's a constant theme of guests on this podcast because I think that's the people that I click with because I'm definitely that same type of personality mm. is that we all kind of do a little bit of everything. And actually, it's funny, I'm reflecting on it now, like just thinking about this podcast itself. Like I actually haven't really had someone that's like just purely an expert at one specific yeah. thing that, that we all do, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you I should rename this like, podcast. 
you you look at people like Jackson and he's he's good at everything, right? Totally. Like exactly. Tried, um it's yeah, I think that is kind of a theme for for the type of people that we are, and that's probably why we all naturally gravitate towards each other on Twitter. <laughs> absolutely, um, absolutely. But yeah, I I would just say it's not very it's not super common to have people that do writing and video and photography, but for me it's it's nice because I like owning the full stack. And yeah. so being able to like put out um, you know, they feel like marathons, honestly, sometimes. If I'm writing like a 5,000 word review and I have to make a 12 minute video and do all the photography and sometimes do a podcast about it. It, yeah, (laughs) it it can take, yeah, it can take like, like set like seven to nine days and it's just like working through the night. But when I'm done, I definitely need to take like a, like a few days to decompress, but it's, it's very gratifying, like releasing a package of stuff, you know? For sure. And it definitely helps like in moments like this, in the current state of what's happening, where you can just take on writing jobs if you need to. And I, and I saw that you were even posting on Twitter earlier today. It's like, you can't really go out and shoot a whole bunch of stuff, right? Yeah. And so it's kind of like we're limited. And I'm thinking about this too. It's a big reason why I'm, I'm diving deep into the podcast right now, because I know it's something I can do remotely relatively easily and keep content kind of flowing. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, beyond a- that, just... And, and sorry, just to even like, just, I think it's good if we keep talking to each other. So we just like stop forgetting that we're alone in all of this too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I mean, I, uh, I'm, it's awesome that you're taking advantage of us being stuck indoors <laughs> to yeah, no, like yeah, yeah, push exactly. your podcast forward. I, I listened to, uh, the episode you had, um, with Spencer soccer. a couple of weeks yes. ago when I was, uh, going upstate and, yeah, if you could just keep bumping these things out, that'd be uh, <laughs> that'd be great. I, that, yeah, that's the, that's the plan for now. And then even we're gonna start, I'm gonna try to start doing some group episodes, which will probably get messy with just so many people on. But I think that's the kind of the plan of it, where we just kind of all get crazy and just let's all vent and talk and have no real kind of cohesion to it. I guess. Yeah, um, I mean, but it's an interesting it's an interesting thing, right? Like it obviously, like during this kind of time, it can feel weird to be making content about things that in the greater scheme of things don't really matter. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I've been thinking um, about know, that a lot. Yeah. Right. But but my roommate, um, he is also a content creator, uh, the Mr. Mo- Mr. Mobile, Michael Fisher. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he, he's been saying, you know, we always work from home. And so it's almost, it's kind of our like responsibility to not just like entertain people, but like keep making content to help people get through this kind of thing. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it is weird because I can't really go out and just play with things and touch things and talk to people. Everything has to be like completely remote. And that kind of sucks because I love field reporting. That's like my favorite yeah. thing to do. But um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. On that on that note, though, is there any itch in you as a journalist that wants to potentially be like, oh, should I be using this talent to cover what's happening? Do you ever get that when something's sort of going on or if it hits you personally in what way? Like, do you ever want to step out of maybe your niche of tech and become that full-blown journalist? Is that ever something that crosses your mind? I've always kind of aspired to that. Um, yeah. It's, it's a weird thing, especially in the tech space. Um, I think Dieter Bone has said this before. It is weird, like wanting to be a reporter and mm-hmm. be a YouTuber at the same time. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. And yeah. It's, it's like I don't see them as like that different of things, right? But no, because because today in today's day and age, like pretty much anyone that makes uh, you know content about a subject is a reporter. So it's Absolutely. not it's not really that different. 
Um, but it's definitely like, you know, you, you watch TV shows and see movies about that, like really glorify reporting and whatever. And I, I don't know, for me, it's like, I don't know enough about politics to be a political reporter. And also yeah. I'm not sure that I'm that, um, able to like argue about these things enough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. and, and it's always seems like there's someone that has a more, uh, like they know more about a subject and I shouldn't be spewing my opinion when I probably don't know enough about a subject, you know? I understand that. Yeah. I totally understand that. I will say I as like, someone, sorry, as someone that you, you deal with a lot of Android fans and I, I feel like the, yeah. that's, they might be worse than political fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely true. It's a hundred percent true. Yeah. It's, so, it's weird too. Sorry, Cause like, ahead, I don't like being, const- I don't like being constrained to just Android stuff. Right. Like no, I, for sure. I got into Android very, very early on and it was like, I was super passionate about it for a long time, but kind of as soon as all phones got good, um, the topic got kind of boring in a way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Yeah. And we have to be so nitpicky now about like little, little things, you know? So there hasn't been like a huge revolution in, in the way that we interact with our devices uh, I think foldable phones obviously are like a really big topic and they're really fun to mess with because they feel different and gadgety. But other than that, it's like, I, I try to go outside the box and like find topics that are cool. Like what's the future of computational photography going to be like and how do smart, yeah. how are smartphones like ahead of traditional DSLR cameras uh, in this sense? Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Like some of my favorite work that you've done is with the uh, engineer at Google on the on the camera, right? It's like all that all that stuff that goes into computational, like whether I'm an Android fan or not, or whether I even own one is kind of irrelevant. I'm just interested in the industry uh, because I, I do see a future where that trickles down, up or down uh, to real cameras at some point, right? It, it seems inevitable at this point. And it's, I, if it's smartphones that have to be the catalyst to bring us to this future where a Fuji can do its own depth mapping and all this kind of crazy stuff or whatever, or smart HDR or whatever it ends up being. Uh, that part of the smartphone world is the most interesting to me as a consumer, but also as just a photographer filmmaker. So I love that you like dive into stuff like that. And it's not just about like, oh, this has 108 megapixels, which really means nothing to a lot of consumers, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, right. Right. I I remember when the Mi Note 10 came out and I I tried to be kind of vocal about how the f- fact that it's it's got 108 megapixels but the sensor yeah. is not that big and Exactly. You know, it's just a it's a marketing thing. Um, totally. And and I think now which is really interesting like I'm I'm kind of reflecting a little bit about thinking about like Apple's announcement today with the new iPad. It's like it, first off it came out at a weird time in in just in the global state of things for people to mm-hmm. care too much about it but it is it almost feels like it might fly under the radar a bit as a kind of a drastic shift for for apple a little bit you know what i mean like to to put a trackpad on the ipad it has more kind of implications than i think a lot of people are really understanding Do, do you feel that way yeah well so when i when i saw that this morning when they just kind of launched it and i think it's been like exactly a year since they did pretty much the exact same thing where they just released products and didn't say anything yeah because i remember specifically just like sitting in rome and then they release it and i had to like randomly cover it (laughs) it so weird. (laughs) you're you're like oh here it is (laughs) yeah yeah but it uh and they did that for like a week i don't think they're gonna do that for a week because they they dropped like three products today right so it's yeah it's that i uh yeah i mean adding a a trackpad is like, I feel like 
every year or even every six months, they they get closer and closer to delivering like what people want, <laughs> but yeah. they will it's never like this weird say incremental thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, like it, it's just like Canon worrying about cannibalizing their sales of prosumer cameras. Mm-hmm. Apple is terrified about cannibalizing the MacBook because <laughs> if they yeah, if they absolutely. release if they release Final Cut on on the iPad like so many people are just going to get an iPad instead of a MacBook, especially totally. if it has a keyboard and a trackpad. <laughs> so Exactly. Cause it is really just a laptop at that point. Like I've, I've always kind of been a defender of Apple in the sense of like trying to keep it separate, but you're right though. These, these little things are even making me rethink. Cause I'm, I'm due for an upgrade on my MacBook pro, but now I'm like, well, maybe I should just spend the 300 bucks on the, on the trackpad keyboard. Cause I have a great 2018 iPad pro 11 inch. Right. So why am I going to go blow four grand on a 16 inch when this arm processor and all this kind of stuff that's there or the a 12 that's in this iPad pro is really kicking it. It's kicking ass. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a really weird and interesting thing. I do. I am very happy that they allowed the new smart keyboard to work with the previous gen as well. Like, so you don't have to go spend 1800 bucks just to get yeah. the new benefits. Cause that, that yeah. would have been awful to be honest. Like that would have been one of the worst things they've done in terms of like planned obsolescence kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like you're more in tune with the the laptop world on the PC side, though. It's like, does it does it even still feel like they're hitting like where like surfaces or, you know, I know nobody likes like pixel books and stuff or Chromebooks or whatever, but it's like, are they getting are they just trying to really hit that surface market? Is that do you think like that's kind of the hypothesis around it? I mean, I love Chromebooks, first of all. Um, <laughs> sure, yeah. No, I definitely know there's a, there's a, there's a user base. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they're, they're weird la- laptops. I could get into that later, but um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, was just, that was kind of a joke. But, but yeah, I mean, I think that the more that they... Like, the whole value proposition of a Surface is that it's a laptop, but it's also a tablet. And back when Windows 8 came out and the Surface was first being, like, kind of launched... That, that was supposed to be their like hybrid UI that is very tablety when you want it to be tablety with big tiles and all that stuff. Yeah. And then they kind of realized that like tablets aren't better just be like they don't really need their own UI. This is no, the thing. Sure, yeah. Um, and like even having a M- Michael was showing me what is it called? The when you can do the secondary display on your iPad from your oh, yes. Side, sidecar, sidecar. Sidecar. Yeah, when he was doing sidecar, it's very obvious that uh, you know, Mac OS looks fine on an iPad. It's not totally. like you can't do it. Um so it, tablets have always been weird for me, right? I, I bought the original Nexus 7 when it came out in 2012 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I actually saw uh, a Reddit post just on that. I saw a Reddit post recently that someone's still just kicking that as their daily tablet. It was like in our Android or something like that. He's like, my daily driver's yeah. still a Nexus 7. I was like, that's awesome. Well, I think Geo <laughs> is, right? I, yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, yeah. And you can, you know, the, the community on in Android, I guess that's one thing that's that's kind of nice about Android is that like Google is not going to update their stuff for 10 years, but <laughs> random people on XDA are going to do it. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So like the original, the original Nexus one, the Nexus seven, they have Android 10. They probably have the Android 11 developer preview right now. Um, yeah, exactly. That's really cool. But yeah, I remember buying the Nexus 7 and just being like, kind of coming to this realization that this is just a slightly bigger version of my phone. Yeah, and, no, 100%. I still feel that way even about my iPad. It's just like, this is a big iPhone. <laughs> well, th- this is my problem, right? Like, I, yeah. I kind of I kind of want an iPad just because of how powerful they're getting. But at yeah. the same time, I don't, you know, unless I'm going to use it as 
a computer <laughs> why do they Which keep doing like, the what's a computer what? <laughs> like yeah, <exactly>. you know <laughs> this yeah, is not a computer <laughs> totally and it's it really that's, that's what drives me nuts with it because it's like it's almost there which makes it incredibly frustrating to do the things that you needed to do where it needs to be if that makes sense it's like yeah. you'll sit there and try to play around with the file system it's like people are like oh i'm gonna use it to edit my youtube videos and i'm like okay how are you gonna download music from music bed and stuff like that and it was like for a long time you couldn't even do that and like finally safari even has like a download manager right but then it's like, how do I get that file from downloads and files into LumaFusion? And then you're jumping around hoops through all these yeah. different things that was two seconds on a desktop or a laptop. And yeah. I'm like, is it? maybe it's a faster processor, but the interface and the way that you use it is not faster at all. If anything, it slows you down incredibly. Yeah. And and this so this weird Frankenstein thing that's happening right now between laptop and 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 tablet with with Apple specifically, I think is is it's having the most challenge because it wants to keep iOS iOS or iPad OS iPad OS and then Mac OS is Mac OS and then you could have a whole thing where Mac OS is trying to be iPad OS now because it's starting to look all you iOS and shit. <laughs> it's like so like <laughs> all this they just they're in this weird gray area right now and they can't figure out what they want to do and then they pump out the 16 inch MacBook Pro and then you're sitting there thinking like well they're probably going to come out with another 13 inch then with the new keyboard and so should I wait for that or it's like Right now, yeah. it feels like a weird time to buy like an Apple computer or or even just a tablet because it's like the options are really really hard to navigate for people. Then that that new yeah. Air even throws that new Air even technically throws a wrench in it because that's a pretty powerful little computer now for relatively cheap, right? Cheaper than the and cheaper that, than the iPad even. Yeah, yeah, which is another weird thing. I, I don't know. I've been, <laughs> yeah. I've been like considering getting an iPad like a sixteen inch since they yeah. launched it. Same, um, same. I actually bought a 15 inch like two years ago and, but I'm an, I'm a really tactile person. Like I used to build mechanical keyboards back in like 2015 and having, having the 2015, uh, MacBook pro with that keyboard, I just could not deal with it. Um, so I returned it within like a week and then they launched the 16 inch and I was like, okay, this is doable, but it's also like ludicrously expensive. And I've kind of just been like, reviewing laptops on the side pretty consistently. Uh, but I'm getting really fed up with Windows for a number of reasons. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I would, you know, I've never used an Apple computer. Well, that's not true. I used the iPad G3 clamshell for a couple nice. years back in 2006. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, and I love that thing. It had the built-in handle. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but back, back then, I felt like there was like even less difference between like it wasn't it was it wasn't even called mac os back then it was uh no, it was like like leopard something or something else. yeah 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 it was, probably, it was probably an animal yeah 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 it was like leopard and and windows were yeah. were so similar back then that it, it didn't really make a difference for me but i haven't you know i i reviewed the iphone 11 pro recently and it's actually yeah. the first iphone that i've ever really used yeah uh I had a first gen iPod touch, but it was really just like a media player. And that was when apps were first coming out. So it was like, I don't know. It, it felt different. Um, it did, yeah, I, I had that first gen iPod touch too, before I ever had an iPhone, it was like, everyone had an yeah. iPod touch and I was like, Oh, maybe I should just have this as a phone too. They got like, they like got yeah. the youth. They caught the youth with the iPod touch. Yeah, pretty much. Cause it was like yeah. affordable and they were able to have their flip phone and it exactly. didn't cost like a bunch of money. Exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know. So I, I think because I liked the iPhone a lot, like, you know, being an Android 
focused reporter, I guess, is like what the, the majority of the stuff that I focus on. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are always slinging around the, the idea that like you can't go to Apple once you're on Android because you'll just hate the inability to do things. But honestly, it feels very similar. I don't feel sure. like I, I couldn't, you know. Yeah, like honestly, and I I don't know if I've talked about this much on this podcast, but I, I mean, like people that know me personally, like I've bounced back and forth like quite a yeah. bit. I had I had the Nexus Five, I had a Nexus Five X, and then I had the Pixel One, uh, and then I had the Pixel Two. But in between all those, even I had an iPhone Five, a Six, a Seven, an Eight, even. Yeah. And I was like, I was literally almost going like year to year between Green Bubbles and iMessage, just driving my friends crazy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh, Patrick's back. We can be friends now because we're Blue Bubble. Oh, he's going on vacation or something because he's got an Android again. Uh, <laughs> well, Jackson um, keeps telling me this. He keeps being like, "You could be in our group chat, but you got to use an iPhone." And I'm yeah. just like, oh. <laughs> "Yeah, that that oh, whole social dynamic, that social dynamic of iMessage is just absolutely ridiculous." I mean, I haven't yeah. dove too much into like RCS and all that stuff that Google's trying to do with the universal messaging, but yeah, yeah, the, the whole thing of just like proprietary messaging in 2020 really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, aside from the benefits of <laughs> yeah. like encryption and stuff like i know you guys like journalists love to use like telegram and stuff and oh yeah uh, whatsapp to an extent yeah yeah um but yeah so like you know what's interesting about all of this is like you brought it up kind of earlier it's like because of everything that's going on and it's hard for me to ignore this and i've been i had another episode today of the podcast that just went out with a friend of mine and it was like i don't want to dwell into dive into what's been happening but it's also at the same time like i can't i love i'm excited the ipad came out obviously right but then everything kind of feels a little bit cloudy a bit right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, it's hard for me to get super jazzed on things. And so I've, I'm, I feel like we're going to have this like, and it's still early days, obviously, for us in North America. But I feel like this week and the next week or so is going to be an interesting time for all of us to readjust content a little bit. And I do yeah. agree with what you said and what, my, what Michael had told you. It's like, we have to be these like voices of reason and, and not in voices of reasons, but just like familiar faces and voices for people in a weird way. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think like something that's been kind of weird for me is like I'm I, it, I I feel like even what I'm saying right now it's like I don't I think the right thing is for us to ignore what's happening. Do you know what I mean? And it's it's kind of like it's hard to make content with like trying to put on a happy face the entire time when maybe we're not really all feeling that way. And like yeah. that's that that's a challenge that I'm trying to navigate right now. And it's like I don't know if you've been feeling that too, but I have been feeling the exact same way. And yeah, yeah. it's been really really challenging like getting the motivation to make content because kind of like I mentioned, it's like when, when this feels like the only important thing that you should be worrying about, uh, making a camera comparison between two Android phones feels like the last possible. (laughs) It feels so meaningless and dumb and it's so easy also to get like completely consumed in podcasts and, and, editorials about coronavirus right yeah, like for sure, for sure. You just get completely lost in it and you know new york's like going on lockdown soon and i was gonna come come to um montreal, montreal. and yeah, yeah. potentially see you and see eber yeah and uh can't do that anymore because the borders get cl- got closed and exactly it's really weird it's it's very weird it's hard it's it's been really difficult honestly for the last two weeks for me to put out anything um and i'm trying i would say that like yesterday and today were my where my most normalized i guess days and i keep wondering like when are we gonna get back to the point in which this 
is just the new normal and we've all accepted it and we're back to doing what we did before, but maybe inside most of the time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I've been thinking too. It's like, I, I want to hope and I, I'm, I'm obviously not, I don't want to be negative towards it. Like I am hopeful that like whether things keep getting worse, which is a potential where we have to stay longer inside and whatnot, like that's totally a reality right now. But I think the only way we can kind of get through it is if we make the best of it. And if within the new normal, we have to find joy in the things that we used to like in the old world, <laughs> right? Yeah. And if, if that means like doing a camera comparison, like we shouldn't feel guilty about it. I think there's some guilt right now is just because of everything that's going on and where it's yes, like, oh, maybe, yeah, it's like, it's like a weird grieving process of like what's happened and like what's, what's next. And like, I know that like, there's like this, like this guilt phase that we're going to go through of like, is it okay for us to talk about other things now? And I just don't think we've hit yeah. that yet because we're just so in the thick of it right now. But I think like people like yourself, people like myself, like at least attempting to try and do stuff like this, uh, yeah. will hopefully like awaken other people to be like, yeah, it's okay for us to, for us to keep going. The other thing that's really interesting is that like, you've probably seen this, people talk about this all over Twitter as well, is that like views and, and on stuff that isn't related to coronavirus and COVID is like completely down as well. And so it's like clear that audiences aren't really ready to accept too much normalcy of, of regular day-to-day -day content and whatnot, but that doesn't yeah. that shouldn't stop us in, in any way from making it it's just kind of interesting that it's not that just us as creators are having an issue clearly audiences are having the same problem too i know personally i've even been having a hard time just watching the normal things uh that i normally watch and reading the normal websites that i normally read so it's kind of like i'm this exercise of even having a conversation like this is a way for me to try and get back to normal by getting into some sort of like creative routine that i used yeah. to do all the time right yeah no, I mean, I'll be honest, like I'm, you know, I'm 25 and I yeah. feel like a lot of people that are around my age are in this, uh, um, you know, quarter life crisis. They, they go through these quarter life crises yeah, and for sure. from traveling a lot and all this stuff. It, it's, it, it has progressively over the last year, probably been a lot harder for me to care about the things that I used to really, really, really love. Um, yeah, absolutely. But that's because like technology is awesome and I love conceptual technology and, and how it, important it is for the world and everything. Uh, things like doing product reviews feel really vapid sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, and like fluffy know? and surface. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And especially when the world is literally going through an epidemic, uh, it it feels fluffy and surfacey, yeah. and yeah. it's it's like really hard to for like you said you you kept using the word guilt and that's pretty much exactly I think that's the perfect word for it. I just I feel like should I even be producing content around this thing that doesn't really matter? But like at the same time, there are millions of people that are stuck inside and need some sort of escape and if i can help yeah. provide that because my job offers that then i should you know? yeah that's that, yeah that's kind of where i'm at too because like look I, I only have five years on you which is i mean it's a lot in tech years but not a lot in human years i guess <laughs> yeah uh, but for for me like i'm in a similar position and, and and i completely agree as i've gotten older like a lot of things that i was way like i used to love sports and i, could, I couldn't tell you a, a sports athlete's name to save my life right now <laughs> and and so like i like just interests change as you age and you know for me even doing like dabbling here and there in, in youtube and even with friends being like you should spend more time on it like behind closed doors or like in other conversations and stuff like this like i don't love it you know what i mean like i don't yeah. love 
being a YouTuber, yeah. I don't love the whole thing of like spending a day to make a video about, you know, a new microphone or a new light or something like that. Like when I know that like my talents could be used for something like a documentary or whatever it is. Right. And like that, that guilt is like hard to get past. But at the same time, I also know that I'm someone who loves to sit down and watch one of your videos or one of Jackson's videos or something like that. Cause it, I enjoy it. Right. So it's like, yeah. I have to like look at myself and be like, there are obviously people out there that like to watch these things. And like, if I'm good at it, I shouldn't feel bad about being good at it. You know what I mean? I should feel okay with it. But I think that it's just like right now, it's almost like awakening a little bit of maybe some internal thoughts that we've all been having towards this stuff where we all kind of know it's been a little bit BS in, in some regards. Like, of course, we're just like talking about the latest and greatest thing that most people probably don't need to buy. Um, mm -hmm. But we're just excited about it because it's new and it's different. And clearly, we all just have like an interest in this stuff. Um, but it could just be kind of shedding light on something that's probably being, being an underlying concern or issue for some of us, at least, um, that aren't totally into just straight up consumerism, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the biggest thing for me, right? Like, uh, you know, when I was traveling for three years, I, I got rid of everything except for my laptop and my camera. And yeah. living without... And I have I have seven of the same gray shirts from Uniqlo and two of the same gray or black pants. And yeah, I love Uniqlo. It's, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's <laughs> that that's all. And I haven't really switched. You know, I have an apartment now, but yeah. it's hard for me to jump back into this consumerist lifestyle, and especially in New York because oh for sure yeah you're at the I lived in San Francisco right? for a long time and. It's you can compare New York and San Francisco in terms of like the ads in the subway. Like yeah. in San Francisco, all the ads are like this uh, virtual application will help you and your team be more productive. And the ads in the subway in New York are like buy this treadmill. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like <laughs> very. It's very different. Like I'm. I grew up in the in the Bay Area, like that area, and I feel like I was I was kind of raised as like a child of the internet in the form yeah. that i kept everything stored in a cloud uh totally totally you know as soon as google photos came out it was like that kind of changed everything for me i don't feel i'm not particularly a, a sentimental person but if i am sentimental about something i can just take a photo of it and put it in google photos i don't feel yeah, the exactly. need to have a physical thing so yeah, no, i totally understand that yeah it's it's just weird and and i guess like going through this forceful phase over the last few years of, of getting rid of everything and traveling a lot and just realizing that you don't really need that much to be happy. It's the people around you and, and the content that you can, you know, obviously like the reason why a lot of us even make content is because we love the process and we love challenging ourselves. And we also love it when, uh, when our friends love what we do. <laughs> so absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, that's that was always like a driving force for me. It was just like wanting to be better and like really appreciating it when my friends liked what I was making. Yeah, for sure. And like, and, and I think that like you know, in a weird way, just like audiences always dictate what we're gonna do next in in some regard, right? Like we can all come up with like original, brand new ideas, but at the same time, it's like if we see people on YouTube really getting into the cameras and stuff like that, it's like, that's an, I don't want to call it easy, but that's a, that's a good way to grow an audience and get people behind what you're doing. And, you know, my whole thing has always been like with all these platforms, whether it's YouTube or Twitter or whatever, it's like, my hope is that like, yeah, maybe every once in a while I do like a YouTube review and whatnot, but it's like, when I want to make something that like quote unquote matters, there are people there to watch it. 
You know what I yeah. mean? Like there, there would be not, yeah. there would nothing, there's nothing really stopping you even from just like doing a documentary on a topic that's important to you and doing a story on it that maybe is outside of what, you know, the, the Android audiences or the Fuji audiences, uh, but they would be there to listen to you. You know what I mean? And I'm like, like, that's yeah. such a cool, that's such a cool time to be around and making things because like not a whole lot of people have had that kind of luxury uh, in previous I think, generations. I think that's the absolute magic of both YouTube and Twitter, I guess, is being able to develop an audience of people who like to follow you because they like who you are. And, Absolutely. you know, I, interestingly enough, um, I put out this tweet today because it kind of directly related to what we're talking about, where I, I basically said, like, look, there's no briefings going on right now. I'm used to doing a lot of field reporting and having the, like, weird hands-on in China and then yeah. this random, of like... Huawei event I went to in Berlin or something, but that's not happening now. So like what kind of content do you guys want to see? And weirdly exactly. enough, there was a couple people who were just like, I would really like to know about how you got into film photography. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> it's yeah, weird. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I I wouldn't expect uh you don't really you don't really expect people to follow you as a human being, but it's incredibly gratifying when they do yeah and i think um, you're yeah because you're in a more in a more interesting uh space than even i am as like a writer journalist combo kind of thing with with filmmaking and all that stuff because like a lot of people probably just go to you you for an opinion on something rather than like what your interests are right like it's yeah, it's, like, yeah for, the most part, exactly. like, for the most part people are coming to you for like an unbiased perspective whether there is bias or not but that is really like the the role at least in people's mind is that you you're just this like why i like the verge and stuff you know what i mean it's like i, I want i like that personality because i like their opinion on things right yeah. but like i don't i don't know what Dieter, i don't know what Dieter bonds into outside of those youtube videos you know what i mean right. other than dad other than dad puns <laughs> right right and it's it's really weird kind of kind of bridging the two um, and I don't want to like, you know, pretend, I, I don't even know what the word journalist means anymore, man. It's yeah, not, yeah. it's not different from what everyone else does. It's, it's just, I think it just means, I don't even know. I don't think that there's a definition. I would, I would say that a lot of YouTubers are journalists. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah. Like know, there's no, re so. there's no, like, why, how could you not say like Marquez is not a journalist, oh, right? Like, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like he. Yeah. Just because he did, he took a different path, and it might not be the the traditional norm of how people have done stuff in the previously, doesn't mean that he's not you know, cinematographer. Even you could even argue, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's there's so many different labels now that like labels don't even really matter in the sense of what we do online, especially as a content creator. Like, I did an episode of this podcast of like, don't call yourself an artist because it's just like, yeah. what the hell does that even mean? What does that mean? An artist? We're all artists. Yeah. We're all we're all Visual making shit. Artists. Yeah, like if you've sent your friend a meme that you put together using your your iPhone, like you're an artist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, exactly. And that, that's my issue with the world word journalist too, right? It, yeah, it yeah. almost it almost feels like uh it almost feels entitled now, which is strange. Sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, and and I, you know, when I wanted to quit being an engineer and and be a journalist, that's like what I aspired to, but YouTube and and what has happened with the entire space in general, how it's just evolved is, it's making me, it makes me question like, what, what am I now? I don't know. I just, I, I do it the same as you guys do, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, it's exactly. not, it's not different. I wouldn't say that like, I'm any more of a journalist than you are. It's the, the same thing. Yeah. It's, so. it's really, really interesting. Cause it's like, I would never call myself a journalist or think I'm a self as myself a journalist, but at the same time, I'm like, I'll cover stories and I'll cover things that are happening in a journalistic sense, whatever the hell that right. means. 
And so it's a weird thing. Like I, I've always aspired to, to be a journalist, but then when, when you make, when you make YouTube videos, for some reason, I get this like idea of like, Oh, if I'm making YouTube videos is, is that mean that I'm now a YouTuber? But like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's the same thing, man. Like it's, it's, it's weird. It's really weird. Yeah. Like I, I, I do joke with Jackson, like Jackson Hayes for people who are listening, like, cause he loves to call himself a cinematographer. And I just kind of jokingly <laughs> tell him that he's not like, but obviously he is, but I just like to be like, stop. You're not Roger Deakins. You know what I mean? Like, what do you, what do you, what do you say in calling yourself a cinematographer? But it's just more just the fun of like the stigma that comes with these labels and like the pretentiousness. It is the pretentiousness yeah. in a weird way that I think that bothers it, me sometimes too. It is. It is. Yeah. And that's why like I've changed my, my Twitter bio like a bazillion times because like I'll yeah. change it to something that I feel like is less pretentious. And then like six months down the line, I'll look at it and I'll be like, man, that still seems pretentious. <laughs> I just like sure. don't know. Sure. It's weird. Um, and so it's, yeah. it's, it's funny, like just even talking to you now, like I kind of feel like um, everyone in within this moment right now, within this particularly this week, because it kind of feels like the, at least in Toronto, this is like the second, the first real week where everyone's kind of working from home, things are tightening down and everyone's kind of going inside where I think a lot of people that are freelance and whatnot are just reflecting on like, wait, what do I, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. Like what, what is it truly that I do? And it's kind of just this like meditation that's happening for everybody. Um, and it could yeah, just I be the, I, yeah, go ahead. I mean, when you, when you, uh, when I asked, like, when you asked if I wanted to do the podcast and I asked what was going on with your work and you said, like, got no work right now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, how are you, if I can hijack your podcast? Yeah, pretty good. Well, go ahead, yeah. How are you dealing with the whole thing? Because I'm so, fortunate enough yeah. that I continue working. So, like, what's going on with you? Yeah, so for, so for me, it's a bit interesting. It's, it's like, I do do, most, majority of my work is, is like, project-based and I go out and do a commercial shoot or, or, or a photography shoot and stuff like that where it's, like, I'm booked for a day rate or I'm booked on a project to edit everything direct shoot. And so I, I'm a bit fortunate that a lot of that stuff actually wrapped up right before the hit, things hit the fan here. So yeah. money-wise, money I'm okay for a little bit. And then the unfortunate thing is, though, that like everything else that I was about to work on has either been like paused indefinitely um, or canceled. So like the present is okay, but it's yeah. the future. The future that's really unknown. And what kind of worries? Yeah. Yeah, until those future things start to hit and you start to like feel it in real time, it probably doesn't feel real yet. No, for sure. For sure. Exactly. And that's like, I know, you know, I was talking to another friend today, like I had to cancel a job preemptively. Like I canceled the Vancouver trip before this really kind of took off in North America. Cause I, I could just kind of see it coming around the corner. Yeah. Um, and I was just sort of like, let me get ahead of this a bit. And I remember actually it was funny cause I told the agency, like, hey, listen guys, I, I don't think this is smart. I don't think it's a safe trip for us to, to do. Um, yeah. so I'm going to, I'm going to back out while you guys have time to find somebody else. Cause I just don't feel comfortable with it. And I kind of got a bit of like resentment back. We're like, well, what the hell? like you can't just leave blah blah blah, and then not not even not even like five four or five days later that thing that we were supposed to go shoot was canceled entirely and, and all yeah. travel was canceled, right yeah <laughs> and so like the, the the experience itself like left a bit of a bitter taste in my mouth a little bit too because i was like i was trying to like help other people with throughout this like to be like look i think things are gonna get kind of crappy soon so let's figure this yeah. out together and i faced a bit of backlash and so like i've, I've just been a little bit bitter in general towards it so far. And I'm just now getting over like, look, we're all in this together kind of thing. So we got to yeah. figure it out. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I've been talking to so many different people about this and like, some people are like, I think we'll be okay. Like hopefully these like government stimulus stuff, like 
we'll be able to kick in. We'll get like, it's just tough for people that are like, not like full blown businesses. Like you're just like this floating contractor, freelancer, whatever it is. Like, I think we kind of feel like we're in limbo and also just knowing how the government works, just how slow any form of aid would ever come to begin with. Right. Yeah. And so like, you know, I'm privileged and lucky that like my girlfriend works at Shopify and they're taking care of their employees very well. Um, and gets to work from home and whatnot. So like, we're just like in a, in a really good lucky situation for almost like the perfect storm of, we can deal with working from home pretty, pretty well. But I do, I do, I do feel for people that are like, you know, like one of my buddies, Martin, like one of his first things was saying like, I got to cancel Adobe creative cloud. You know what I mean? Like that's the first thing that like came to his mind. It was just like, that's an expense I can't afford anymore. The, the 30, 40 bucks a month or whatever. And it's like that, those, those are the people that I'm worrying about the most where, they may have already had a slowdown before this because that's the nature of freelance. You just, you know, you have ups and downs, right? And, you know, the market in general here in Toronto wasn't the craziest coming out of the out of the new year. And so like people weren't really kicking up until the summer, right? So yeah. it couldn't have, it really couldn't even probably have hit at a worse time um, for some right. people. And so like, that's what I mean, like this meditation is going to happen this week and next. And as we kind of like inevitably go into some sort of lockdown, like I'm sure you guys will maybe hit it before we do, but it's going to be interesting to see a major metropolitan North American city full of millennials uh, (laughs) deal with something like this, right? Like it's a whole new social science experiment in itself. Yeah. I mean, you know, when I, when I was a kid, I always used to see the wet, the East coast and particularly New York um, as this, like the city that represented America. And it was just like the most, you know, famous and incredible, amazing thing. And of course, I moved here like t- a few months ago, and this is already like a citywide lockdown is the first time that's ever happened. And yeah. it's, for New York City to be completely locked down and quiet and weird is probably, yeah, it's like the first time that's ever happened, and it probably won't happen again for an incredibly long time. So I, it feels weird to kind of be part of that history. Um Especially, yeah, especially because like, I mean, New York as a Canadian, like New York was always America for us too, just because of pop culture, right? Like New York is where Home Alone is set. It's where like every disaster movie, that's where they show the first impact of an asteroid or something. Like it's just, it's just like so ingrained in everybody's mind for a plethora of reasons. So like, you know, I can't imagine, I mean, Toronto is a pretty major city in terms of like we're Toronto is Canada is New York essentially. Right. And so even just to walk around here and see how quiet it is, is definitely dystopian and weird, but Honestly, man, like the hardest thing that I've been trying to deal with and just get my head around or just, I, I guess, cope with is just like how movie like it all feels like yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't really, really feel real yet, but it, it does. And in, in an also like very quickly sobering way, um, once it hits, it's like, we we're all just sort of watching it from afar. And, and then all of a sudden it's just like, oh, here we go. It's happening. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think it's like right now we're in that phase of just like, everyone's like, cool. Like, look out, check out my work from home setup. Like, this is kind of fun. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> is, yeah. Well, exactly. Like people saying like, look at my work from home. It That's what feels, that's what makes me feel like guilty is yeah, for sure. this feels so unimportant in yeah, the grand yeah. <laughs> of what yeah. the heck is going on. Like it, when you said like movie, like, like that's pretty much exactly it. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I mean, there have been a few times this year where I've just been like, are we living in an alternate reality? But like, <laughs> you know, and us, yeah, it, but it's like, this is what I, what I was telling people the first couple weeks of this happening, I guess, especially like last week, I think it was, it feels weird because 
in the in the news cycle, especially, you know, you and I are, are incredibly online people, right? Mm-hmm. I find myself Absolutely. rapidly re- refreshing Twitter far too much to the point where it's unhealthy for me. Likewise. But we <laughs> stay in the know because we're so incredibly online. And usually conversations go in and out within the course of a day. You can have a couple major stories happen in one day. And mm-hmm. for this to not only be a story, but is the only story, and it has been the only story for almost three weeks, is it, it's so weird and it's so overwhelming. You know, like yep, I actually, um, the first time I started feeling overwhelmed by by all of the stuff I've been seeing on social media about this virus was like maybe three days ago. And I started just to feel like it was just too much, right? And I just put my phone yeah. down. Yeah. And Michael, Michael and I have been like, you know, watching TV shows every night. And I remember in particular, we were like watching a show, an episode ended. I reached for my phone, got on Twitter for like two minutes. It immediately felt worse. And yeah. Yeah. then probably two days ago, people started talking about the idea of uh, like media overstimulation. And I felt media overstimulation in terms of just like, using Twitter too much and using Reddit too much. But I think when it's targeted towards a particular topic, like one topic, and you can't stop reading about it because it's almost addictive, but it's also depressing. It's just a really weird, you know, like, it's so weird. Like, yeah, 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 totally. I can't think of anything like at least recently where I've been so just glued to absolutely every person's opinion on it what what's true what's not true like yeah. dive deeping into like how we're gonna how it's gonna affect us all this kind of stuff and like i had tweeted out earlier this morning like i i do feel like this is the week where everyone kind of gets fed up with it but then the fear of that is that everyone blocks it out and then it's no longer as top of mind as it should be with people and people yeah. start to like the severity lessons and that's also a concern right so it's like it's so hard to navigate between like what's enough information, what isn't enough. And then it doesn't help that like, you know, your leaders, our leaders, we're all doing these daily briefings of like a press conference of like, here's what's happening now. And here's the next measures. Um, and the sense that like, just to be a citizen, you have to be on top of it. And, and yeah. then if you're not, if you're not, you're just like not informed, but if you're too informed, you're depressed and you're sad. And, and yeah. like, I think that, yeah. And I think like, I, I honestly, I, I believe, cause I can feel it. It's just like having conversations about it is definitely therapeutic. I think getting it out and just like chatting through stuff, like whether the conversation is about the virus or whether it's about a camera or whatever, it's just, if you get stuck on your phone and you're just staring at it, that's when it gets sad. That's when it's like, Oh God, there's no yeah. end in sight. There's no hope. But you have to remember that like, there are still good humans in the world and we're all, we're all still, thankfully majority of us are still okay. Right. Like knock on wood, of course. Uh, yeah. but we have to like, we can't lose sight of the reality that like it's, we're okay. You know what I mean? Right. Right now yeah, we're yeah. okay. And we, have to, we have to be okay with that. It just means things are different. Uh, and they could be different for a while and it, it could even just be a new world when all this, this stuff sort of finishes. But yeah, I, I, I don't, well, I don't think it, sorry, go ahead. The, the, the timing, um, this sounds incredibly selfish to say the timing of this was all very bad. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> because I, I've just gotten like really, really, really deep into this world of like film photography within the last maybe like five months. Um, and so I've been really obsessed with, you know, traveling and, and just like seeing what I can pull out of, out of film stocks and stuff. And, 
I finished a role and then suddenly we got quarantined. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally. My camera's just sitting there and it's weird because it's like a passion that I have and like a hobby and not being able to do that is especially like, you know, when you, when you first start to get obsessed with something and then you you're just consuming it like literally nonstop, you're watching YouTube videos about other people that are doing it and you're reading about it on, on websites and you're doing all this. And, um, I already have a pretty obsessive personality. I would say that probably most of us who gravitate towards each other are similar. I would imagine. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, definitely. definitely. Uh, and, and so getting into something that requires you to be outside or to travel and then suddenly you cannot is just very weird. And I, I'm not a move. I'm not really a movie person. I don't usually really watch YouTube that much, like, which, which is kind of ironic, but you know, I just, I don't know. I've just, I've never sat down and watched a ton of movies. I don't, I haven't watched a ton of classic movies and suddenly uh, we have all this interior time. I'm playing more video games. I'm watching more classic TV shows with like Michael showing me some. And it's like nice in a way, but it just feels weird because it's forcing a different lifestyle that I just did not have before. Absolutely. And like a lot of people just like, I've, I've seen a lot of people talk about like, oh, wow, I have so much time to make videos now. And like, <laughs> yeah, but you, you don't understand that like, it just doesn't happen in, in a condo or an apartment or a loft, you know, or a house even like, there's just so much like inspiration that comes from just being outside even like even if you don't shoot outside it's just the inspiration that comes from being outside and doing things and and talking to friends and going out and all this kind of stuff that just like we kind of i guess we took for granted in a weird way but you know like i i do in general for work even just spend a lot of time at home but when you can't go out after being at home all day it's entirely different right yeah like just the ability to go and and not be worried or just stressed when you're outside is just a totally different feeling like i've been i was talking to my girlfriend i've been toying with an idea because like we're not on lockdown down yet and they're they're kind of they're obviously okay with us like social distancing by like you get if you have to walk your dog or something you have to go for a walk like that's that's okay obviously just like don't crowd starbucks and so i'm I'm kind of thinking of like because all these restaurants have had to shut down and what i typically do street photography with specifically with the x100 is i shoot a lot of like old storefronts and and just like front faces of buildings and whatnot just for for the vibe of it. I, I like neon signs and whatnot. Yeah, and so I'm yeah. thinking of actually going out late at night, like around 11, 12 and going to all these businesses that I used to always go every day and kind of just do a photo series um, yeah. of those, of those places. But more so like, it's just for me to get out and shoot. Like I really, yeah. like I, I just got that X, like you said, like you just got into film. Like I just got that X 100 and fell in love with it. And yeah. I was like shooting almost every single day with it, like yeah. going through car- through cards with it and posting yeah. four four panel series like almost every day. And like I haven't posted even on Instagram in like two weeks now. I just yeah. I, like it's it's kind of driving me nuts. Not that I really even love Instagram. That's a whole other thing. But like I love posting photography on Twitter. And like right now, like what am I gonna do? Same. Shoot like a ba- a bowl of chips in the in the living room? It's like yeah. I'm, I, I need to, I need to get outside, especially before this kind of lockdown kicks in. Cause I, it's, it's going to drive me nuts if I'm, I'm totally lost in that, in that regard. Right. Yeah. We're not on like full, full lockdown yet. And I have been like, I would really love to use some low light film, go out into times square where it is completely, like completely empty. empty yeah. And just document that because like, holy, like that's never going to happen again. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. I actually got stuck in New York. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. I got up, I got up early this morning. And my girlfriend and I went for a walk around like seven a.m. and like 
nobody's out commuting anymore, right? So like the city's just completely empty. And so I was going to fly the Mavic Mini, but I think I think possibly DJI might have actually struck down the um, the Geo Zones because you used to be able to unlock Geo Zones oh. and it wouldn't it wouldn't let me. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to DJI, DJI to see what's happening. But like I was I've always I went to places where I've flown numerous times before, uh, and it wouldn't actually unlock to fly. It was just saying restricted, restricted, restricted. And I was like, that's interesting. Do you have contacts there? Because I ha- I know people there. I could ask for if you need me to. Uh, I don't have a direct contact, so I might I might reach out to you if they don't get back to me just through like okay. customer support. But yeah, it was it was interesting. But that was like another just tool for me to be like, or not a tool, or just a, a coping mechanism, I guess. To, like, yeah. Okay. Here's here's an idea. Like, why don't I go out and try this? Like, I think like as creators, like we we're not completely lost. Like, look, I know I can shoot a YouTube video alone in in the apartment. Like I've done many in the past, right? Yeah. It's just, it's tough when that's kind of the, the only thing that you can do. Right. And then on top of it, you layer in that whole, just like kind of guilt feeling right now where it's like, yeah. you know, I, 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 I'm happy like companies sent me things, but like right now, like I'm not the most stoked on it to, to say if I like it or not, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's like, that's something I'm navigating and trying to like just wade through the waters with. But, you know, honestly, man, it's like, I, I feel like conversations like this help. Like it's almost like a, just a mini therapy session with, with, other, with other creatives. Yeah, um, absolutely. To kind of vent a bit, right? It's- it's good to know that other people are feeling similarly, you know, because yeah, like yeah. I felt like almost, I don't know, this, this last week, especially and like, uh, like the second half, actually mostly, mostly last week and then a little bit of this week, but I feel a little bit better today. It, it was just so hard to, you know, produce a lot of stuff. And I try to, because I work for a company and not myself, I, I feel, I feel like I still need to be producing content for them yeah. uh, but it's but at the same time it's not on a i'm not going to have money if i don't make content right yeah, it's more exactly. of a like i produce it because i work for them um and so getting the energy and like being okay with making stuff it, it's been it's been rough um but like even t- yesterday i forced myself to shoot a video in my apartment which i've never done before yeah. uh and it was a little bit better after last week, but at the same time, it, it just feels almost wrong. So it's, it's good to know that other people are feeling the same way. And it, it was kind of like when I was feeling this complete social media information overload. And then I saw the next day, some people on Twitter tweeting about like, I need to take a social media break right now. This is mm-hmm. too much. Mm-hmm. That's just, I was like, it, it almost felt good to know that I wasn't alone in that. That's a phenomenon that's happening. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's kind of like this, the butterfly effect, like, or the, whatever sort of social consciousness that we all share. Like, I think it, it was felt throughout everybody at some point and it's going to yeah. happen more and more. It's going to happen more and more for people. Um, and like, I definitely applaud, um, the various creators that are just kind of going business as usual. Yeah. Um, you know what I've I mean? Like it's, it's them and I'm like, how are you yeah. doing this? Like, <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's interesting. It's it's unfortunate that like viewership is down because they're obviously putting like good workout and on on interesting topics even as well. But it's like it's hard to just kind of get through the the mud right now of everything that's happening. But you know, honestly, man, like I I I'm optimistic that we can all kind of just we'll we'll slowly feel better. What it's going to be different, hundred percent. There's no there's no question about that. Yeah. Um, but I am confident that like we're going to go through this little like dip right now where everyone's really really feeling shitty about things, but then. I think humans are relatively resilient and we, we usually show pretty good for the most part, a good nature or, or good true colors when we, when we have to kind of like fight together. It's like, you know, seeing all yeah. those, those videos uh, in Italy of the people singing on their patios and whatnot, like 
I, I see that in us too. Maybe we're all bitter millennials on the East Coast, but I could see us. I don't know if LA is going to do that, but I could see us doing something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, like, I do see light at the end of the tunnel. And I think like conversations like this and, and just, you know, everyone sticking together and like, I'm, I'm seeing discords pop up and all these new channels where everyone can just kind of chat together and hang out together. And so we just don't kind of feel like we're just stuck all alone. And like yeah. that to me is just like already a sign of like, we know how we are, we're going to have to cope with this. We just got to cope with it together. Right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well, man, I don't want to keep you for too long. We're about to hit an hour on this one, but uh, is it? Uh, <laughs> do that. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, we just talked about coronavirus the whole time. <laughs> no, no, honestly, like that's that's the whole thing with it. It's like it's sort of like I think my my goal with the podcast right now is to not put structure on it because I want people to be able to talk about whatever they want to talk about, and like for the same reasons where I just don't want to make an iPad Pro episode. It's like I don't feel comfortable about just being about that because that's not how I, I'm. Not, I'm not just interested in that right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I, I got to be true to like the way I'm feeling, or else. I'm going to come off fake trying to put an episode out about something just to get an episode about it. Cause it's trending. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And like, that's, that's, that's my coping mechanism. I'm like, look, I got to vent stuff. I know other people want to vent stuff. And if I got to create an outlet for that, like it's just going to happen naturally. I can't fight it. Right. Yeah. And at the same time, like if, if we're venting and kind of feeling solidarity for each other, feeling the same way, I'm sure whoever's going to be listening to this podcast is going to feel some sense of companionship that, we feel like they feel right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree. Cause I know I'm, I want to be listening to stuff like this too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, buddy. Look, uh, if you want to come on the thirsty Thursday episode, let me know. We're going to do it tomorrow. Um, yeah. where I think we're just going to have as many people as I can get onto it. And then we'll just see, we'll see what happens. Uh, and just kind of, everybody can just whatever, drink a beer or drink a LaCroix, <laughs> whatever they, whatever they need to. Yeah. Uh, and we'll just kind of chat, chat through much like we've been chatting now, but, uh, yeah. I just think it's, I think it's good, good to get stuff off the chest for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. And maybe, uh, maybe when, um, everything settles down or goes back to normal, we can do another episode about, uh, photography and tech <laughs> oh i would absolutely yeah i would absolutely yeah. love to do that. i want it we could, we could talk for hours just about fuji cameras we could oh, talk for hours about film for- cameras yeah yeah um, let's yeah let's get get through this this covid depression real quick and then <laughs> yeah. uh, and then we'll then we'll get back to regular schedule programming yeah yeah but thank great. you man thank you man i appreciate it so much Hope you enjoyed episode 49 of Top Comp Podcast. As you could probably hear, uh, we ended up just sort of venting about everything that's happening right now. And if that's something you feel like doing, definitely reach out to me to come on Top Comp Podcast. I think it's good for creatives just to chat right now. Uh, And so I'm looking for more people to talk to about everything right now. And we don't have to talk about what's going on. We can talk about whatever you want. Uh, The next episode that you will hear on this uh, podcast is going to be an extended Thirsty Thursday episode. I think we're going to have about five or six guests on all at once. It'll be a bit of an experiment. It might be something we end up doing every single week. So that'll be another opportunity for more people to come on top comment. And so if you're listening to this podcast and you're enjoying it so far, definitely leave us a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts. It helps us rank up to grow the top comment community. As always, the music is from musicbed.com. And uh, that's it. I'm not going to plug any sponsors or anything like that. It doesn't seem like the right time. Uh, but other than that, I hope you're enjoying the show and we're going to have a lot more episodes to come. So this is episode 49 of Topcom Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Tommaso, and you'll hear me next time I feel like talking. Cheers. Cheers.